body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. If you missed last week's episode, you have to check it out. We had Mark Schlofer from Eastern Arms and Outfitters on the show, and he's a gun shop owner. He's uh, the nephew of Tim. Yeah, it's just great to have him on here because I think about what we do for a living and what Mark does for a living, and we believe in what we do. We're passionate about what we do, but we want to do it in a right way. We don't want to do it in a wrong way. There are many businesses that open up and do things, but they do them in a the wrong way. Everything about Mark is doing things in the right way. That's the way he always was. The thing that bothers me the most about the martial arts and about gun ownership, there's this thing we have called emotions, and it gets in the way. The last episode we had with Mark, I told the story about Eddie. What happened with Eddie is they were just playing a simple game of football on Sunday. Just a simple game of football. And then Eddie called him something because he did something wrong. He called him a slang word or whatever, like kids do, like I do. And the next thing you know, the kid goes and gets a 12-gauge shotgun and kills him. It changed my life. It changed the school's life. It changed, obviously, his father, his mother, his sister, to the point where we've, uh, it, it just it wasn't the same. That's how we had the breakathons, and we ended up turning a negative into a positive. But to have Mark on the show is to hopefully... Shout out about instructions. If you're going to get a gun to understand it, understand that it is a huge responsibility. Just like taking care of your family, it's a huge responsibility. Buying a gun, that is appropriate for you. What is the difference between owning a gun in your house? How do you handle it if you want to take that gun out of the house? So, Mark, let's touch the first topic. Let's get into the person ends up in your gun shop. Now, as a gun owner and as a gun salesman, as a person who owns a gun shop, what do you say you do differently than a lot of gun shops? Well, we generally try to have a conversation with the person at first and get a get a feel of, of what their experience is with guns or gun ownership, and you can figure that out pretty quick. Um, the hardest work involves uh, that first-time buyer. They come in off the street and I, I want to buy my first gun. Wow. I mean, that just is a, is a huge a huge can of worms. So we try to ask them questions, get some direction from them. Are they going to just keep it in their home? Do they want to pursue getting a, a concealed weapons permit? Do they want to do target shooting? Do they want to go hunting? Lately, it's been home defense or personal protection. So we've been selling more shotguns, more more concealed handguns. We do hope that they take our advice and, and get some training, either professionally or from another family member or a friend. That's the conversation we have when it comes to them purchasing the gun in the store. They do have to pass a background check. That involves us contacting our state police. So you have to have a clean record, no drug convictions, no abuse convictions. It's pretty pretty in-depth. The same goes for a concealed weapons permit. I don't want to jump ahead, but uh, if you do end up buying a handgun and want to carry it on your body out in, out in public and cover it, let's say you cover it with a jacket or you tuck it in your pants, you do need to have a special permit. It's called a concealed weapons permit, and you obtain that through our, our local sheriff's departments. I come into your shops. The number one thing is you have a conversation with people. You just don't, you just don't shove a gun down their throat just because you just want to sell another gun. You take the responsibility of having a conversation. Real quick, what do you think of these ghost guns? 
Well, ghost guns, uh, you know, are, are very unusual. They are 100% legal. They're just plastic at this point or basic aluminum. And any anybody with basic hand tools can convert that into a, into a gun. We did have uh, 80% kits, which could be made. We stopped carrying them years ago. We tried it. It didn't really fit our our system. It didn't fit our mold, so we we stopped carrying them. But yeah, it's uh, it's a it's see. But very- see, there you go. This this what you said. It didn't fit your mold. It's your responsibility, as you are responsible to sell. And we didn't have any any problems. Way. We we didn't feel like we had any problems with selling them. In fact, we had four four guys who served in Vietnam that wanted to build AR-15 style guns to match what they carried in the service. And they wanted to build it from the most raw uh, standpoint that they could. And that was starting with a with a with an 80% lower receiver. So that that's okay. a positive there. Right. Not, every, not everybody's buying an 80%er is in a, is in a game. So I, I get this gun from you, and now it's registered with uh, the state and so on. And I come home, and I put it in my closet, all right? And you tell me that I should get some instructions. So I pursue somebody. And um, I get some instruction on basic understanding. So the method is... Tim, Tim, I'm going to interrupt you. First of all, it shouldn't just be in a closet. And I know you know this, but it needs to be in a safe, maybe in a closet. Um, It hurts my heart to even share the story, but these stories are abundant. It's happening all the time, everywhere. You're probably aware of this, Mark. Maybe you too, Tim. But just recently, a couple weeks ago, in the Poconos, in the Pocono Mountains, our area, a two-year-old baby boy shot himself because the parents left a loaded gun in a, a basket with baby toys in it. And then when police investigated, they found two other loaded guns easily within reach as well. And, and they Just were remorseful. Lack of responsibility. And they were yeah, sorry. Well, lack of responsibility. Yeah. And I kind of said that for, I said that for a reason, not to you know, jump on here, but I said that for a reason, because that's what most people do. Right. They, they don't put their guns. Now I'm going to tell you my scenario here. My gun is, in a lock case to my left of my arm. So in other words, if I'm in one o'clock in the morning, and this is what people need to consider. If you get somebody breaking in your house, they're breaking in your house, you got seconds to respond. You can't run to that closet. You have no time. You don't have time to load it. You're stumbling. You're, you're, you're half asleep. Now, next thing you know, you shoot yourself or somebody else. And then what if it's somebody coming in the house and they didn't identify themselves? You don't even know what it is. You can't think straight at two o'clock in the morning. And when you go down to bed and you lock your doors and pull your shades and you fall asleep, you can't think straight in 10 seconds to get up and do all that. That gun's got to be locked and nearby, and you must go through the method. So even from what Mark is saying about proper instruction on shooting the gun, there has to be a method of how you get that gun in your hand within 10 seconds or less and have it loaded and ready to go. People don't understand that when they buy a gun, it's not just the gun and the mechanics of the gun. It's also the mental approach of what may or may not happen within those 10 or 15 seconds of time when you're stumbling down the steps trying to get to the front door to see who's banging through your window. This is the craziness of, of all this. And so there's a lot of responsibility here. And so what I'm recommending, like you said, Steve, figure out the right place to go with that gun. Figure out the right way to shoot it and then operate that method in your head like you're like you're playing baseball and you're at shortstop and the ball gets hit to you. Everything has a method of operation. And then Mark, when you get into the point, so he's getting pretty good with the gun. He knows the right place to put it. He has it in his uh, locked up safe that he get access to within seconds. 
Now what, Mark? Now he's convinced he wants to take it out in the open world in the public. He wants to wear a holster, and he wants to conceal it. Now what does he do? Or what does yeah, she do? Two ways, two ways to go about that. Open carry, which is legal in Pennsylvania. You can openly carry your handgun on your hip as long as it's fully exposed. Not a problem. No permit required. The, oh, the I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mark, I didn't know that. You mean to tell me in Pennsylvania, you, just like Texas, you can walk yep. around with that gun exposed? Yes. Yeah, so that's why even though the sheriff's office aren't issuing permits currently because of the coronavirus, sales are still strong. Am I right, Mark? Yeah, they are. Yeah, and again, it's uh, some people might disregard you know that concealed weapons permit at this point just to have the gun and be safe rather than sorry. But no, uh, concealed weapons permit only covers when you're fully covering that gun, either keeping it in a purse or, or a, a backpack or on your body, tucked away uh, and covered. That has so nothing to do with the, having a permit to purchase it. Anybody can purchase as long as you have anybody can a purchase. clean record. Yep. Right. Correct. All right. So now you get you get a permit to carry. Right. So then what? Um, then you're allowed to carry that on your hip concealed. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Covered up. So you can walk into any restaurant uh, as long as they're not serving alcohol. Um, any any retail outlet, Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, you know, some operations don't permit even concealed weapons like a movie theater. Uh, you know, if it's a private business, they might post a sign, no handguns on the premises or no guns on the premises. And hopefully you respect that. Uh, a lot of people don't, but um, it, it is, it is so, a hope. So, Mark. Mark, I have that gun on my hip, which I used to carry all the time for the detective agency. If I went into a restaurant that, you know, serves alcohol um, and I have a beer now, am I in violation of that handgun? I believe you are. I've got to look into the law, but I, I, I believe I believe that's a that's a I believe mm. that's a bad that's a bad deal. Yeah. Now, what about medicinal marijuana as it's traveling through this country? Medicinal yeah, good, marijuana. Good question. Uh, yeah. Now, where does that take you on a gun issue, Mark? If you if so you want to carry from a, a gun. federal so from a federal standpoint, if you complete the paperwork to buy the gun in our shop, there is a question that says, "Are you currently a user of medicinal marijuana?" That needs to be answered. Yes, if you are, even if you have the marijuana card, the medical card, if you're if you're treating you know yourself for cancer and you're using marijuana for that. If you have a medical marijuana card, you cannot purchase a gun. And that's federal law overriding state laws. So states may permit it. Federal still uh, does not permit that. So what if I have a gun and I carry and I have a permit to carry and I start using medicinal marijuana? What happens then? Yeah, next time you... Yeah, next time you reapply for your license, if you if you uh, don't check the appropriate box, you're you're in violation of the law. Wow, I didn't know that either. See, I'm learning a lot by having you on the show, Mark. Well, I hope um, I'm right. <laughs> the, well, the restaurant with way, the alcohol. I mean, yeah. And then, of course, it varies state by state. So you're only speaking on Pennsylvania and this region here. But every state has different laws and it's different across the nation. Then, of course, every country is different because, of course, people listening to this podcast could be anywhere. It is international. See, so it's it's a lot. So it's complicated. Here's the thing. Tomorrow night I go to bed. All of a sudden, bang, bang, bang on my door. Two o'clock in the morning, I come down the steps. Somebody's there. And I look. He's got the door wide open. He sees me. And now he runs, turns around and runs out of my house. And he's running away. Now what? 
Call 911. Yeah, don't Absolutely. don't shoot I, unless <laughs> unless you're being rapidly approached um, or you know uh, being handled. Someone's actually grabbing you, touching you. If their back is towards you and you're running and they're running away, or you have the chance to run, I would suggest I would suggest making more distance between you and uh, you and a perpetrator. Good advice, Mark. Good advice. It is great having you on the show, and I hope all of us can learn from this. If you are thinking about buying a gun, please go to my nephew's place because he's responsible and he'll do it right and educate you. Mark, thanks for being here, my friend. Talk soon. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Creation. Steve Mittman social media.com.